This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened, they recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. Good morning. I'm sorry to do this to you. That was Hillary Rodham Clinton's voice. She's back on the public scene. Interestingly enough, this is Mike Parrott. I'm the host of Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel, Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. Always on air, always online, always happy to be with you. Today is Monday. It is the fourth day of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2023. We're officially in Advent. So I hope that you have decided what you're going to give up. Yes, you should make some kind of sacrifice for our infant king. Gee whiz, it's only like four weeks. I think this year it's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's four weeks, ladies and gentlemen. And it is an ancient um, tradition in the Catholic Church. Broadcasting from the heart of America. In the RTF studio, you can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. All right, so much to get to, but I want to play you a Tucker Carlson clip. Tucker Carlson on how to be happy. And I think, ladies and gentlemen, if I... I'm going to reserve my commentary on this until after you hear it. But I have some pretty strong commentary about this as it relates to some of the news that we've been through together in the last two weeks. Hey, Tucker. Uh, my friends and I always, we just laugh like you. That's one of the things we like to do. <laughs> so yeah. You're exactly like that. You got so, a touch of the demented, too. That's good. <laughs> that's exactly right. So but that's, I guess that's the question, honestly. You, you maybe see more than the average person, expose yourself more to the average person. How do you keep from being jaded, so positive? We actually watch you because you're positive, because you laugh, because you th- see things like just with a good light. At least that's how we view it. Just wondering what you do either in your personal life or, yeah, how you that's say that way. such a great question. I mean, it's so funny. I had this long dinner with old friends of mine last night, and we're all, you know, in our mid-50s, and your parents die, and you reach kind of peak expenditure with all your many children going to these, all these stupid schools, at overpriced schools. And it's, it's a hard time. If you can make it past like 56, life gets better. And all the surveys show that people are much happier in their 60s if they survive than they are in their 50s and much happier than their 40s. And then add to that, and I'm not whining at all. I'm, I am happy, you're right. I do get a constant stream, really a torrent of like lunacy through my phone I don't go on the internet that much, but I text with hundreds of people and a lot of what they tell me is true. And so it it does weigh on me. And I would say I have a whole program for that. And it's really simple. Uh, Staying cheerful, staying positive, staying clear-headed. You know, I take a sauna every single day. I have a lot of dogs. They sleep in the bed. I spend a lot of time with my dogs. I get outside every single day. I hunt and fish. I try every day if I can. And um, you make less money when you spend a lot of time outside. That's okay. And, but more than anything, I, I really care about my family. I think it's worth, like, especially if you have a job where people you don't know are judging you, it's so important. But even if you don't, 
It's so important to remember and repeat it as a mantra that the opinions of people you don't know mean nothing. And I always think it's, it's like dogs barking, but actually when my dogs bark, I care. <laughs> it's less than dogs barking. Never hand emotional control to people who don't love you. It's like handling a, a toddler a firearm. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. You'd be insane. And so if you just take all of your emotional energy and focus it on the people in your orbit, and if, you, if you're not married with children, focus on you know, your siblings, your parents, your cousins, your coworkers, your employees, yes, your dogs. But keep your circle, the circle of people whose opinion you care about, really small. Ignore everybody else and pay very close attention to what they think. So in my case, obviously, I'm one of the most hated people in the world, and that causes me zero stress. I could care less. I don't care, no, I mean it. No, I'm not just saying that, I think it's obvious, like I really don't care. <laughs> However, if my wife were to say, I don't really like what you're doing, oh, it would like bring me to my knees. So it's like, in other words, everybody cares what other people think. Make the decision about who you hand that power to. And in my case, I've handed it all to my wife, my four children, my college roommates, the people who are my employees, the people who are closest to me, right there, I really care what they think. I really sincerely do. I listen to them carefully. It means something. Their, their praise, which I don't get very often, but if I do, it means a lot. Their criticism is devastating. I, I put all my eggs in the basket of the people who love me and no eggs at all in the countless baskets of people who hate me or who I don't know. Like, why would I care what you think? Like, honestly, why would I care? Let's just try to be rational about this. And the last thing I'll say is one of the reasons our political class is so disgusting is because they're all so emotionally damaged and they look at life backward. Most people get into politics, not just in this country, but in all countries, not simply to wield power and get rich through corruption, though those are motivating factors, I can promise you, but because they have a desperate need to be loved by people they don't know. They can't wait to receive the adulation of strangers. A desperate need to be loved by people that they don't know. A desperate need to be loved by people that they don't know. And almost all of them have absent or alcoholic fathers to whom they're trying to prove something. I mean, they're damaged from childhood. I, had a great, I grew up in a broken home, actually, but I have an extremely close relationship with my father, always have. I revere him. And that's been a massive advantage for me, despite my disadvantages. That's been a huge thing for me. But regardless of your childhood, you just have to make the decision that you care about the people who care about you. And that's all you care about. And if you don't do that, you'll become a captive to insecurity, self-hatred. And what does self-hatred give way to every single time? Hatred of others, 100%. People who hate themselves hate you too. Self-hatred gives way to hatred of others. Self-hatred gives way to hatred of others 100% of the time. They do. And they'll mistreat you 100% of the time. And so politicians are almost not all. Politicians, grifters, professional Catholics. Uh, and I know them all, I will say that. But they're almost all self-selected from the group of emotionally damaged people whose key desire overwhelming, overriding desire is to be loved by strangers. And that's the darkest sickness of all. Whose key desire is to be loved by strangers. Loved by strangers. I mean it. And that's why their behavior is so unbelievably screwed up and pathetic. 
And when you talk to them, last thing I'll say, like, you know that, like, I, I've gotten so old and crazy that I just assess people on the basis of their relationships at this point. And if your wife doesn't respect you and love you, and if your kids don't respect you, and if your employees think you're horrible, and you don't tip the waitress, I'm not your friend. And I mean that. Like, that's who knows you, is the people in your immediate orbit. And we believe this so much in my house that we don't even give to charity anymore. Any, any, any nonprofit charity, period. We haven't taken a tax deduction on a charitable contribution in a long time, and my wife is a fervent Christian, so we're giving 10%. But we give it all to people we know in our orbit. And so my view is, you know, I'm sure Feed the Children is a great charity or whatever. There are a million of them. But does my housekeeper need a new car? How could I possibly justify giving mosquito nets to kids in Congo if my housekeeper's in need? I mean that. I, I couldn't. And that's a reflection of my view that you're put on this earth to serve the people right around you. And any time someone talks about effective altruism or helping people he's never met and never will meet, and the consequence of that help will never be recorded, and he doesn't even care what those consequences are, that's the most dangerous person in the world. Because his giving, his charity, is totally disconnected from actual people. And so when this effect of altruism insanity, which is totally evil, came out, it's evil masquerading as good, it always is. This came out, we're gonna help, we're gonna maximize our effective, headline, I'm a very good person, much better than you. No, you're probably, in fact, you're certainly a horrible person. And by the way, give me your wife's text, I wanna find out what she thinks of you. And 100% she has contempt for him, because he's a crappy husband, because he's a crappy man because he's ignoring the people around him in favor of helping people whose names he doesn't know in order to self-aggrandize. That's just a syndrome. As my father used to say when I was growing up about the Soviets, they loved the people but hated people. And that is an absolute thing. And you see it on the left. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be partisan because I hate the Republicans so much. I, I almost don't want to make any partisan statements at all because I hate them all but you, it is a feature of the left. I'm giving my life over to the people. Really, which people? Where, do you have their addresses? <laughs> How are they doing? They don't care. It's totally abstract. There's no such thing as abstract love. You can't love any group of people. In fact, I don't even believe in groups of people. It's all a lie. There are people with names and fingerprints and unique histories and desires and weaknesses that need bolstering. Like they're individuals, and that's all there is. God doesn't create groups of people at once. No woman ever gave birth to a community. It's all bullshit. All right. Um, now that was Tucker Carlson on the key to being happy. Uh, you may have caught a couple things. I may have. I, I couldn't control myself. I had to stop it, and I had to just cut in. Ladies and gentlemen, we it, everything that he has said and observed about happiness and about people and about politicians is absolutely true also about commentators. It's absolutely true. Haven't we seen this this last week? You know, I told the King dude, we spoke over the weekend and we were talking about the, uh, the big giveaways that he's doing here on the Crusade channel. Go to crusadechannel.com slash Mary and you can sign up to win not only a chance to uh, have a $50 credit in the Founder Trading Post, but there are absolutely awesome 
awesome giveaways for the Merry Manly Christmas giveaway. We were talking about that and a whole bunch of other things over the weekend, just kind of catching up, you know, like like two friends do, like two men who respect each other. And I revere him uh, to a certain degree. I really do Um, like like they do. I think that's a sign. I think that's a sign because everybody I know who works for the King Dude or in this organization or in um, in the Crusade Channel says the same thing. He's the real deal. And he cares about us. And you can check our text messages and everything Tucker said would be true. And I, you know what? I think that that, I think that that is important because can the same thing be said about the rest of the commentariat? I don't know. But for sure we know that uh, one of the larger and more strident, louder, expensive, grifty commentariats has imploded over the last week. And it got worse and worse and worse. Over the weekend, David Gordon, one of the only adults left at uh, Fabulous Ferndale, released a video in which he made even more revelations clear about the double lives that Christine Niles and Michael Voris and Simon Raff were living. Those are the big three honchos over at uh, Church Militant. I just couldn't, you know, the the psychology of it, though, of, of what Tucker was saying. You know, in Voris's case, not married. Why? Well, we all know why. I'm not going to have to say it to you. I don't have to spell it out. Single, no kids. No personal orbit whatsoever. And so living off of the adulation of strangers, seeking the approval of people who don't matter to you. There is no circle, a, a trusted circle of people whose opinions matter. I'll tell you what. Brother Andre Marie, who uh, comes on every Wednesday. He does Wisdom Wednesday with the King Dude. Brother Andre Marie called me this weekend, and he counseled me about something. And he's a man that I respect. And he did it with a little bit of force, too. And you know what? He was right. And I'm glad he did it. And I, I take the correction. I took it like a man and I, and I told him, you know what? You're right. If we don't have people in our lives that we uh, admire, that actually care about us, that actually love us, who can be our guideposts, then it's a bad day. It is a bad day, and I don't even think that it is a feature of the left. I, I That's the one point about uh, Tucker's answer that I disagree with. Because you see this on the right as well. You see the altruistic, grifty, I'm going to change the world on the right as well. And these people quite often are self-hating. I mean... Look at Voris. Look at Niles. They hate themselves. They hate their own lives. Uh, in Niles's case, she hates her ex-husband and she hates men. In Voris's case, it's very obvious why he hates himself. Because all homosexuals are self-hating. And 
what happens when someone is self-hating? They hate other people too. They hate you. So you have this twin condition of uh, no other people who actually know you holding you accountable, just merely seeking the approval of strangers on Twitter, combined with being self-hating and actually hating human beings. I had long um, labeled the behavior. I don't know about the philosophy. I don't know about the guiding principles in Ferndale. But their behavior, I had long labeled it as communist. And I, I, and I, had, I had only gotten the answer partially right until I heard this video. Now I realize that I, that, that I was more right than I even knew. I had been labeling their activity to be communist because it is manifestly obsessed with another man's property. They were. They were obsessed with uh, my house and my mortgage and my business relationships and uh, my children and the car that I drive, my Jeep that I don't have anymore. I wish I did. This is really cool. It's a yellow Jeep Cherokee. Uh, what year was it? 1993? I had a 1993 yellow Jeep Cherokee. It had some rust on it. Had these big old tires. You could technically get it into 4x4 if you knew exactly how to do it. (laughs) I loved that thing. I don't have it anymore, but that's the kind of thing that... um, that Niles and Voris would tweet about on nights and weekends. And I thought, I thought that that was rather communist of them because they are assuming the fact that I have this super nice rusted 30-year-old Jeep, uh, that just because I have that, that uh, I, I have some kind of ill-gotten gains. It couldn't possibly be that, I don't know, for the last 17 years of marriage of married life that we have saved, clipped coupons, used the Dave Ramsey method, avoided the usury trap, made double, triple, quadruple payments, taken bonuses and poured them into paying off debt rather than living extravagantly. It couldn't possibly be that we've just been responsible people for nearly two decades. (laughs) No, it had to be something nefarious. And that's why I, I, I characterize their part of their attack on me, their line of attack, as being rather communist. But actually, think about Tucker. And think about other people in your life who are self-hating too, who love the people, but hate people. Love the people, but hate people. Self-hating narcissists seeking the adulation of strangers this describes so many others. It's not just limited to the uh, to the Ferndale crowd, ladies and gentlemen. There are so many others that are out there who are desperate for your clicks, desperate for your comments, your support, whose personal lives are beyond rep- repair. And I will tell you one thing. I'm I'm not 56 years old, and I know that I've got some hard 
years ahead of me before I can get to that level where that Tucker's talking about where, you know, you're, you're, you're finally, you know, you have these huge expenditures behind you and you can, uh, you can relish the successes of your adult children and all that. That's, that's still coming for me. I have teenagers and I have toddlers. So that's going to be a long ways off for a, a traditional Catholic family like mine. But I will tell you that for sure, without a doubt, 100%, I do exactly what he does. If you have a messed up life, if your children don't respect you, if your wife hates you, I already know we're not going to be friends. We're not going to get along. We're not going to have common interests. We're not going to have anything to say to each other. I don't hang out with guys who talk badly about their wives and just complain about their wives. I don't, I don't do it. And I don't, look, if, 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 because if you're talking about your wife that way in my presence, what else is going on in your life? And what does she really think about you? And what does your home life look like? And you know, I, I just don't, I don't, I'm not in the business of having friends who have 15 different personalities. So I just don't do it. And I think that, I think that's wise. That is wise to be very uh, attentive to the company that you keep. Now, I'm not saying that everyone must have this perfect life. Look, I... This is what people do. I'll say something as a general principle, as a general rule, or I'll agree with something that somebody says, and then somebody else will take that to the very extreme, to its most logical extreme, and then hold me accountable to it. So let me just go there real quick before we go to break. I'm not saying, ladies and gentlemen, that, uh, well, oh, you must have a perfect, unblemished life, or else my, you know, Mike's not going to be your friend. Mike Parrott only has perfect friends. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is that it's usually a pretty good indicator of character. It really is. You are, some people are the real deal. And some people aren't. Some people are simulating what they think the, uh, the Catholic celebrity uh, uh, personality needs to be. Some people used to fly around the country and lecture about Catholic masculinity. These are people who have never had to wake up at three in the morning to a child who's throwing up on you. Never had to sacrifice for another person. Never had a wife. Never had children. Never even had a straight relationship. Those people, those people who run around the country lecturing all of us on what Catholic manhood is, Catholic masculinity And then there are people who are actually doing it and whose children actually love them and are well-behaved and have a normal, well-ordered personal life that's important to them. Tucker goes on to say in that clip, I I had to cut it off because he he, uh, dropped a vulgarity, which I know I get one one mulligan per show if I give you a warning too, but it, it wasn't worth it. He does say another couple things, though, which I'll just summarize for you. It's important to go outside. 
It's important to be with God's creation, and it's important to spend time with your family. And he even says this, and this comment alone, I think, redeems Tucker in my book. I know that I've been a little bit critical of him on certain things. I know that he's into the Enlightenment philosophy thing. I know he's a libertarian and all that, and he's, what is what is he, high church, Anglican, Episcopalian? I don't know what he is. He's close. He's on the right track. But he said this. He said, if you spend a lot of time outside and you spend time with your family, you'll probably make less money. And that's okay. You'll be happier. Making time to be outside, making time for hobbies, in other words, making time for family, in other words, making the economic trade-off. You know, I had to, I had dinner with some friends uh, this weekend. Actually, some some people that I know through work. They're not traditional Catholics. Yeah, newsflash: I actually do have friends who are not traditional Catholic. And do I speak about the faith with them? Yes, I do. Am I obnoxious or autistic about it? No. Do they know where I stand? They do. Can we talk about it like adults? We can. One of the things that came up uh, was that one of the people said that he wished that they had had more children. And this is somebody who uh, had three and lost two of them already. Tragically, it's two separate tragedies. Lots of pain out there. These people have some, have some real pain. Um, and both the husband and wife had said, so they have one surviving child, and... He's about, you know, he's in high school. And they would have had two others. And they, ha- and they have a fabulous life otherwise. Successful career, et cetera, et cetera. Nice house. Good neighborhood. Surrounded by family. But they said, and, I, and, and this one, I mean, this is a reality check here, ladies and gentlemen. This is a reality check that buttresses exactly what Tucker said at the end of the clip about going outside and spending time with family and making less money. They said, I would rather have more children and less money. I would rather, I would trade what we have now for what we could have had. And that one hit me like a ton of bricks because I know a lot of you out there in Crusader land are making that trade off right now. It's hard in our usury society. It is hard in our bankster land that we live in to raise five children, eight children, 11 children. I know a lot of you out there out are, are doing that. I, people think that I have a big family. Compared to most of my friends, I'm pretty average or slightly below average, at least for my age. There are people that are my age who have way more children than I do. They just have a, a, they just, they're just more productive. I don't know. <laughs> they're more fruitful. <laughs> I don't know how it's happening. Our children are, are, we only have one every two and a half years. Some people are having one a year. I don't know. I don't know how they're doing it. But to, then to some people, we have a massive family. You're like, well, how do you have your seventh on the way? How do you do that? But for everyone, for whatever God has sent you, 
for whatever decisions you've made, for however it has shaken out for you, I think everybody at a certain point of maturity agrees that I would rather be poor in material wealth and rich in spiritual wealth. And a lot of that is having a big loving family that's happy. I heard it this weekend from some friends in real life. I heard it on the internet from Tucker the same, and I wanted to convey it to you because many of you are doing exactly that, and my hat is off to you. All right, we got to go to break now. Don't go anywhere. This is Paratalk on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. We will be right back. Don't change the channel. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Mike Parrott, humble host here, broadcasting from the heart of America. You can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. Quick reminder, we are... We are on this radio show every single day at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. We are also on the podcast. You can go to Crusade Max, or you can go to the new Christendom Daily Podcast. And uh, what, what the King Dudes team does is they take what they consider to be the best segments from this show, and they just put them out there for free. It's a great entry point for, for the folks out there who maybe have not become members of Crusaderville. Uh, so if you if if you have people out there who are not founding past members, now would be a good time to at least send them to the podcast. It's free. You get 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 minutes of content every single day. Not only for me, you get multiple segments from the King Dude at the new Christendom Daily Podcast. All right, we haven't done a groomer segment in a while, and I, I know that there's probably going to be some vulgarities here. I'm going to work through that as, as I can. This trans YouTuber bullying and degrading a pizza man who barely even speaks English for misgendering him. You, I know that you don't speak English very well, but you better get your pronouns right in the United States of America. Yeah, you look like a girl. I don't know what that looks You don't? Do I look like a boy or a girl? I am? Me. I think you're a boy. No, I'm a girl. Okay. Okay. What do you think you look like? Sorry. No. Just ugly. Okay. Can you help me out with this nice pizza? Here, you could actually have my pizza. Do you like those? Yes. He's so mean I'm not eating his pizza, so you should have it. Oh, yeah? Him. You enjoy your pizza. Thank you. Bye. Look at him. He's so mean. Do I look like a boy or girl? He's telling me I'm a man. Come on. No. It doesn't take I'm rocket okay. science. I'm okay. He thinks it's funny. Right? It doesn't take rocket science to figure it out. No. Thank you. Enjoy your pizza. Bye. Bye. I'm just telling you, you have to be more respectful. Yeah, you are dumb. You're not embarrassed to be ignorant? 
and rude. I am not good English. I don't buy that. I am not good English. I think you speak English just fine, my love. Because you understood every other sentence we had. Great. Okay, bye. Educate yourself. You know, want a pizza? What? I would never eat your pizza in a million years. You're so rude. How are you gonna tell me I'm a man in a purse and long hair and nails? You can't figure that out for yourself. Oh, that's what a woman is. Asking, well, what are your pronouns? What do you think my fucking pronouns are? Take a fucking guess. Take a guess. All right. Yeah, of course. Not surprised. Not surprised at all at the vulgarities. From uh, from this dweeb, this man, this man posing as a woman. It's interesting to me. He, <laughs> they, they all do this same thing. These guys will grow out their hair or get hair extensions, and they'll put nails on, and they'll put a they'll put a dress on or a skirt, and they'll dress like a woman. They'll carry a purse. And they'll say, "This makes me a woman." I mean. Accepting the whole, uh, uh, setting aside, not accepting, but accept, accept for, accepting, not accept as in A-C-C, but accept as in E-X, like, like putting it aside, right? Setting aside the fact that there's some kind of like ontological thing here that we discuss all the time, the war on reality, the war on the principle of identity, of being, the war on being itself. P- putting that aside, can't we just like I I don't really I, I'm not big on these like surface level debates. You know, this would be like Hannity Hannity level commentary to point out the obvious uh, um, hypocrisy here or inconsistency to say, oh okay, so dresses are feminine and. Nails are feminine, and lipstick is feminine, and long hair is feminine, and okay, so you just appropriate these. So there are two genders. So uh, so certain things are feminine, and certain other things are masculine, and all this stuff. And that's like that's like the 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 kind of boomer level one hundred one conservative Republican, you know, Mark Levin level of commentariat that you'll get. And you can get really into it and you can get upset about it and whatever, but not, nobody would take it one step further or, or to a real level, to a, to a level of understanding. Uh, you just kind of point out the, the hypocrisy of it and then you kind of move on. And that's, that's the drive-by conservative media that, that, I, that I have spent my whole life listening to and, and that I've spent a great, greater part of my uh, adult life trying to... Um, trying to recover from because even now even to this day my instincts are to basically do what the drive-by conservatives do on talk radio or whatever which is where they you know just point out the inconsistencies laugh about it and then move on it's like well what have you actually accomplished you've entertained somebody sure you've tickled their ears but are we actually going to change the policy? Can we? Uh, is is just mocking it going to do anything about it? Is pointing out an inconsistency the same thing as pointing out the philosophical or logical or uh, or any other deeper 
error with the thing. Can we propose an alternative? Can we not only propose an alternative philosophically speaking, but could we propose an alternative politically speaking? But no, typically what you get, what uh, at Sean Hannity University, what you're going to get is, well, you know, uh, they've got, she, he says that he's wearing a dress so he's a woman. So I guess anybody who wears a dress is a woman. So I guess, I guess womanliness is defined as wearing a dress and there only are two genders and only women wear dresses. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> okay, Sean, now what do we do with this information? Can you help me? I need help. Can you get us to where we need to go? And he can't. Uh, he can't. And frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think only, some of, some, some of you may disagree with this, I think only a traditional Catholic can get us where we need to go. Because only a traditional Catholic can draw upon the vast patrimony of Christendom. As part of the solution. You see, these these post-enlightenment guys and these post-schism guys, these folks who have decided that the rights of man are more important than the rights of God. Yeah, I'm looking at you guys, you Protestants. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you square in your face. These folks just can't solve the problem. They can only describe the problem. And half of the commentariat class, no, more than that. Why would I even say half? The vast majority of the commentariat class is very good at describing the problem. But only traditional Catholics, like the Crusade Channel, for example, can solve the problem. Because we can describe it at its core level, at its deepest level. On pillars of philosophy, standing on the shoulders of Augustine, Aquinas, and the like. Um, let's do that just for a moment. Let's just uh, analyze what the first of all tie in what I what I presented to you in the first segment. And if you weren't here, you should go back and listen to Tucker. He talks about how people who are self-hating hate other people. They hate other people. And that these narcissists are seeking the approval from absolute strangers. People who don't matter to them whatsoever. Now, does this... Pakistani pizza guy in New York City, does he matter to me? He doesn't. He's not in my circle of friends. Does he matter to God? He sure does. Does he matter to me in the sense of uh, it's in the interest of the common good? Yes, he matters to me as my fellow human and God willing, my Christian brother and hopefully someday my, my fellow saint in heaven. May it be. But he doesn't matter. His opinion of me does not matter whatsoever. I don't pin my emotional happiness to his opinion about me. But these trans maniacs do. That's exactly what they do. In fact, that's what they do all day. That's that's what they do on YouTube. That's 
Their business model is to pin their own emotional stability to the opinions of strangers. That's a sickness. It really is. It is a sickness. Tucker was right about that. And, uh, and it's a very sick and dark thing, what they're doing. They also hate themselves. And that's why they're so quick to just savagely attack people. They claim to be loving and accepting when really they are by far the most vicious. They're by far the most unrelenting and merciless. Because they hate themselves. They really do. These trans crazies, these groomers, they do on some level despise themselves because they know on some level that what they're doing is wrong and they can never outrun even that one inkling, that one inspiration. Maybe it's their guardian angel whispering in their ears. Maybe it's a a bloodied and halfway dead conscience, but still one that has one moment of forethought or clear thought or reflection that's why they hate silence that's why they hate being outside that's why they hate being alone that's why they hate inactivity because time spent with themselves is miserable that's why they have to spend time in front of cameras that's why they have to seek the adulation of strangers It's a distraction. They distract themselves in the exterior in order to avoid the interior because the interior is in shambles. So what do we do about it? We know that they're doing this, right? We know that they need they need this stuff. Well, we could do something like what Putin's done. You outlaw this stuff. For their own good, and for the good of the common good, for the good of society. You don't get to walk around and be a trans activist. It it should be illegal. Abusing someone on social media like that, who's just trying to do his job, doesn't even have command of the English language, and rightly calls you a man... All of this should be outlawed. It should be illegal. Which party in the United States of America is proposing that as a solution? And under what pretext? The answer is neither party is proposing that as a solution. Neither party can get a handle on this stuff, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And here's the dirty little secret. Neither party will propose a solution. Neither party will say we've got to outlaw trans activism in the United States. We have to make it illegal. You cannot be a trans activist in the USSA. Neither party has the fortitude to do that because, comma, philosophically, neither party has no basis No basis in law, no basis in philosophy, no basis in tradition, no basis 
to make such an extraordinary move. To do so on either side of the fence would go against the supreme principles of the Enlightenment, of Western philosophy, of Jeffersonian democracy, of John Locke, of Rousseau, of Hobbes. Neither party could possibly propose what needs to be done here. And this is why we need Milstonia! We do! We need Milstonia, ladies and gentlemen! And maybe someday, by God's grace, we will get Milstonia. Because in Milstonia, oh, I have a solution. Oh, I know what I would do with this guy. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. And this is Paratalk, your favorite show. At 10 a.m., that is. I'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Be happy. Be truly happy. Take care, guys. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.